What's poppin'? It's the Boozhettoist baddie, Hollywood Haley J, and you're watching the unofficial OBW podcast. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I am the Walls of Jackman Oaks. And I am the Walrus, Brian Hines. Today we are getting into all the action from OVW Television, episode 1263, emanating live from Historic Davis Arena, originally on October 26, 2023. But first, we've had a busy day today. We've had a busy day on the feed. It seems like the feed's getting busier all the time, and our lives are staying consumed with providing content for said feed. Boy, is it ever. We had so a, many irons in the fire this week. We've had a couple of special guests this week alone that will be hitting the feed. Uh, you probably just heard an interview with TW3 that was really, really awesome, a lot of fun. That was a great episode. Um, we'll hear from Jada Stone. We'll hear from Hollywood Haley J coming up. We'll hear from Jay DeNiro coming up. We sure will. Some of the best interviews we've done, so be sure you stick around for that. Tonight is an OVW show, as I guess. This episode will not be posted until tomorrow morning. There's an OVW show that we plan on attending at uh, just down the street from where we record this very podcast at Manchester Music Hall here in Lexington, Kentucky. That's right, and I am so stoked for it. Going to be such a big card, it looks like. Something that they've put a lot of time and effort and money behind, so going to be a fun like showcase for all the OVW stars. That's what exactly what I was talking to Victor about off mic while you were out of the room was it's going to be a big show tonight. And I said the same thing. It's going to be a virtual showcase, a who's who of everybody in the OVW. And I can't wait because we've got front row seats. And for uh, people who have never been to this venue, this is kind of a big venue in Lexington. Like it's it's very spacious. This is my, this will be my first time there, so yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what this is all about. Usually for kind of bigger touring acts, not like rep arena sized touring acts, but somebody that's gonna you know re- sure. regional or like that that kind of. I Level think, right underneath. I think Blues Travelers uh, going to be there next week on the ninth. Yeah, they do a ton of like vintage acts too, like legacy acts too. Yeah. Hey, so. wait, 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 wait. Vintage. It's not 1994 anymore. Hey, I don't want anything that I listened to right out of high school to ever be referred to as vintage on this podcast. That makes me feel super old. Wait until you find out about Spotify. Oh shit! I know that cassette collection that's falling apart. Wait, I got a lot of things to tell you off mic later. All right, I guess. Next Thursday will be when um, a few more of our interviews hit. We'll have more content coming to you over the next few weeks just to circle back to that. And right after this, we will be breaking down all of the action from Ohio Valley Wrestling Television number 1263. Welcome back to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. He's still Brian Hines. And he's still Jackman Oaks, that rascal. We are uh, talking here about 12 OVW Television 1264. I think I, t- I said 1263 earlier. That is my bad. Um, something that we noticed during this, just kind of here at the top of the hour, we'll cover it um, off the rip here. A lot of technical difficulties. Yeah, it was bad this week. A lot of... Uh, disruptions of the feed some audio issues and um it was a a, it was constantly plagued by uh stuff like that gremlins do you think that um i I can name a specific 
example, but do you think that at any point that kind of uh, realization of the technical issues played any any um, played into how the match was played out in any way? Or like the action that we saw in the ring? Because I can think of one specifically um, between Jay De Niro and Manny Domingo. Oh, I see. Yeah, they, you know, realized that the feed was out and the the match had to be altered. And, it in seemed order like to, they, that match moved a little slow. To uh, Yeah, and that wasn't their fault. It was if technical difficulties would not have been an issue, I think it would have been a, uh, a faster paced match. But since... Last night was what it was. Uh, it didn't work out like that. But yes, there were several technical issues right off the bat in the first match with uh, Hollywood Haley J and uh, Jada Stone, the Spark Jada Stone. That's right. Jada Stone, Hollywood Haley J, first match of the night kicked off all the action. Jada Stone was joined by her fellow Bad Girl Club member, Layla Gray. Both friends of the show. Both friends of the show. Um, Hollywood Haley J uh, came out victorious on um, this match. Unfortunately, kind of hard for us to report it because we saw uh, what we saw of it was was not much to pick over. Um, no, unfortunately. It was, uh, from what I saw, it was a great match. Um, the uh, the bridge with the toe hold that uh, Jada Stone had was impressive, and as was the uh, that Matrix move that she has. I, I mean, just super impressed with her, always have been, probably always will be. Um, I just wish we could have seen more of the match, because mm-hmm. they're going back and forth, and then there's uh, the no signal sign from Fight TV, and then the next thing you know, one, two, three, we're done, and Haley wins the match. And I, uh, from what I hear, it was a really, really good finish, and I just wish we were able to see it. Yeah, and we have it on good authority that these two girls hate each other in real life, too. That we do. Very good authority. After spending an afternoon with them, we know uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt these two girls do not like each other. No love lost there at all whatsoever. Look look out for those interviews uh, in the coming weeks. They're both a lot of fun (laughs) to record. Oh, uh, yeah. And there is is no question as to how those two feel about each other once you listen to these interviews. Um, The... We had an in-ring segment after that, talking segment, promo segment, whatever we want to call it. Uh, Beaches and Cream, the recently turned Beaches and Cream. I was very curious to hear what they had to say. Um, I was too, and I've I've even said last week that I'm guilty of flipping through OVW in-ring segments, but this is one that I had circled on my uh, calendar. I did not flip through this one. No, this was one of the biggest reasons I was looking forward to this week's episode is because I wanted to know... What motivated Luscious Lawrence and Omar Amir to to do that at the end of last week's episode and help the fall and win that casket match? And it was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. What did you think? Uh, I thought so. I, I had I have a question. Okay, and that that's how I that's how I want to tell you what I think. If that if that makes sense. Sure. All right. Let's go. Did you think that like the the Netflix thing, them bringing up the Netflix thing, saying that. Malabai Shira and Cashflow got together as a publicity stunt for Netflix and for, you know, did you think that that played it a little more, um, like a little more smart than OVW does sometimes? Like it played it a little more like, uh, like breaking the fourth wall that OVW does sometimes. Like, oh, these guys are only here because of the Netflix show. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know. Like usually I it feels it doesn't feel out of place because it makes sense, but it doesn't feel like OVW. And then just kind of um, 
there was something about the promo and the way that they worded it where they said, oh, it's a publicity stunt because these two guys are on Netflix. They came out of nowhere and they end up winning this tag team championship even though we're an established tag team. There is something a little, like, winky to that. Like, in what but, sense? Because I, I, I didn't think of it like that. I just thought strictly in terms of what would motivate these people to do what they did, maybe, and it was pretty much what I thought. Maybe I'm reading too much into, like, maybe I'm, like, looking for clues where there are none, but it just felt a little more like these two guys came out of nowhere. From my perspective, and we've brought this up before, Mahabali Shira turned face because he... Because, because of, of Netflix, Netflix. yeah. Him and Cashflow, I do think, were teamed together because of the Netflix show. I do think that they won the cup because of the Netflix show. Oh, I see what do you're you saying. Do you think Lush's Lords maybe, maybe intentionally is kind of doing a little like, like wink, like I'm a little mad about this too? Like, Well, that would easily explain what happened last week. Yeah, well, and I think it... it no matter what the motivation was here, it is if you're bringing in the real life angle of the Netflix show that is very, very real, and you're amplifying it here in the stage of wrestling, playing that gray line. That so life is imitating art, is imitating life. Then yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. But great in ring promo. We don't really get to see this side of these guys very often. And then like last time we saw Lawrence as a heel, he was not um, not exactly like a talkative one. One thing that I will point out. Uh, during their ring time this week was that uh, last week we had talked about the end of uh, the episode where there was the surprise ending with the Fallen, mm-hmm. who who ended up rising at the end of the match due to the help of Luscious Lawrence and Omar Amir. Uh, in this promo, he said when he's talking about Netflix, he said that he he said Omar Amir, you weren't in Netflix. And he said, I wasn't in Netflix. That was Lustful Lawrence. Yeah. That wasn't Luscious Lawrence. It's just a really... Uh, the distinction sm- was made. Smart segment, just like very... I I want to... I, I really genuinely think it's a little like inside baseball. And I enjoy it. I enjoy a little bit of that in my professional wrestling. It, yeah, It's just definitely, not something that you see a lot of in OVW. No. Like that, that inside baseball. Um, like maybe... Wink and a nod. May, maybe not yet. Maybe not yet. But uh, last night was uh, an exercise in that, and it was it was well done. Something while we have this wide shot here, um, first time in a few weeks that OVW hasn't been sold out. It didn't sell out. I, I mean, when you look around throughout the night, it, there's a lot of. I, I was noticing that in in the crowd there were some empty seats, but uh, I, I want to say that I read on Facebook, like on. Wednesday that uh, Jesse Goddard had said something like there was one ticket left, and by the time you read this post, it may be, it may be too late, or maybe that was just like a a case of the monster at the end of this book where you know you think this is going to happen and you try to convince people that it is, but it really isn't. Well, as we've covered in this podcast before, the hot dogs and the Wix pizza are very good. Of so course, might maybe just people um, standing in line at the concession stand. Is that, that's what I think it seats. is, because I mean, if you look around, most of the seats are full. There's just one or two here and there, and um, that snack bar is is always busy. There's a, a five ten minute line no matter what time you go. Uh, looks like we're getting uh, beaches and cream and 
Shira cash flow program after this. This is where we're headed, right? Yeah, definitely. They talk long enough and go on about Shira and cash flow, and lo and behold, they walk through. You know, they come through the ring and uh, get right up in their faces and stuff. And what was the the term that he used? Uh, competitive friendly roughhousing. Rough yes. Yeah. No, uh, we almost had some competitive friendly roughhousing, but. Uh, Thank God for the uh, refs and the security team who came from the back to separate those two before things got really crazy. Because I'm hoping that tonight they'll get really crazy at the Manchester. Uh, up next, match between Jason Hendricks and Cal Hero. Jason Hendricks, uh, billed as a legend in Ohio Valley Wrestling. Cal Hero, the former Rush Division champion all around, um, but very beloved figure on the Ohio Valley, res- or Ohio Valley Wrestling roster. Um, my favorite wrestler, probably, on Ohio Valley Wrestling. Who, Cal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's definitely yours. Love love, love me some Cal Hero. Um, we're seeing a different side of Cal, very aggressive, but still um, less innocent, but still maintaining a certain innocence to him. Um, really kind of, like, very interesting to watch this character progress over the last two months. And uh, really, they're kind of telling, like, a coming-of-age, like, like, boy to man story with him inside of of this adam revolver angle yes definitely i'm glad to see the old cal back um he was you know down for a while after accidentally injuring linda k but uh uh he's he's back he's fierce he's fiery and uh unfortunately um for jason Hendricks, uh he was on the uh, receiving end of that last night and i really love the post-match promo where calls out Adam Revolver for all of the shitty things he's been saying and doing over the last few weeks. And he says, you're right, I didn't have a mother, but I had an awesome dad. And there was just something so, like, very innocent, like, just very true to the character of Cal Hero about using the word awesome to describe your dad. Like, I just, like, thought, thought that was a nice touch. And I'm sure his dad is awesome. He got him into the business, so. Yeah. Second-generation wrestler, Cal Hero. Everything I've heard, that is exactly accurate. Yeah, we have some even some behind-the-scenes uh, stories that we've heard about Cal Hero's dad up in um, Wisconsin. We sure have. Hello, um, Wisconsin. Uh, up next was a tag-team match between Tony Evans and Jay DeNiro. The Jay DeNiro interview, I believe, will be out in two weeks, right? So we look forward to that. We don't hear a lot of Jay DeNiro talking on Ohio Valley Wrestling television. Yet. But... If you are uh, a fan of his, you can hear him talk on, on this very feed in just a couple of weeks. Um, this is something I think both of us were looking forward to. Very much so, yeah. Um, just va- basically on the premise of Manny Domingo dressed as Jade and Arrow. Yeah. Uh, what, what was it? How do you pronounce it? Junta Pecos? Pesos? Yeah. Junta, Junta Pesos. Junta Pesos. Which was great. I, this was the one match that really upset me that there were so many technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Superior Tony Evans. Jay De Niro, friend of the show, super cool guy. Big fan, fan of his, too. I love watching them work. And uh, um, Star Rider and Manny Domingo, I was really looking forward to this match because I am I like this story. I think that they have as good a rivalry as anybody else going in uh, um, OVW right now. And I was really looking forward to this. And the uh, Junta Pesos, uh, I, I heard about this. Victor messaged me, and he's like, oh, dude, you got to watch this. It's so good. And there were so many technical issues. We missed out on a lot. And 
looking back, yeah, I can see where what you said earlier yeah. about uh, the pacing of the match being off as a result of the technical issues. Unfortunately, the technical issues didn't really happen until the match started. We had yeah. to sit and listen to a Tony Evans promo beforehand, but um, we managed to hear most of that. We didn't get to see what I actually wanted. Uh, Jay De Niro takes his first. This is the first time I've seen Jay De Niro on his back in Ohio Valley Wrestling. That's true. Yeah, uh, Manny got him with Man- uh, two stunners. Yeah, yeah. Or, I'm sorry, Junta. Junta. Yeah, I got him with two stunners back to back. A lot of fun. Big man, small man dynamic is always like that's why you get into wrestling, right? Is because you that's not going to last in a real fight. <laughs> in a real fight, yeah. probably not. But uh, for the sake of storytelling, yeah, you can effectively do that. And the thing that I liked about this match more than anything was the uh, mirror routine between Jay De Niro and Junta Pesos because it reminded me very much of uh, like Lucio Ball and uh, Harpo Marx from the I Love Lucy show back mm-hmm. in the day. They were the first ones that I can remember uh, who did that. Um, I'm sure other people did that before, but uh, it's it's happened several times since, and this was a perfect example of it, and I just wish we would have gotten to see, see all of it because – all of it in its proper timing because I'm sure that they they had the whole thing down and it would have been great. Yeah, yeah. Fun match, though. Fun fun dynamic. Fun to see. Definitely not what I thought was going to happen. Usually with something like this, um, I expect expected, especially with the way that kind of traditionally or what I've seen in the past in OVW, expected the heels to win. But seeing Manny Domingo dressed as Jay De Niro get the pin on Jay De Niro was, was a nice touch. I very much enjoyed that. Very much enjoyed that. Um, up next, there was a the hour one main event. Left a lot of time for this main event. Oh, you. yeah. There was like seven minutes. I mean, the first hour ended like seven minutes early. Uh, yeah. TT and Tiffany Nieves, a lot of time for these two ladies to work a match, tell their story. Uh, TT comes out with um, something I didn't catch at first, but was later pointed out to me. New intro music and new, uh, uh, I guess, it would be called her Titan Tron, her entrance video. Yes, yeah, she did. That was uh, something new this week. I noticed that right off the bat. It looked good. The The video package that they play when she comes to the ring looks really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. TT, not been around for very long uh, in this run with OVW, but right there at the top of the card, um, especially after winning that scramble at the pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah, she sure did, and uh, uh, she gave her a run for the money, that's for sure. But if you've been paying attention to the Bad Girl Club or Tiffany Nieves matches, doesn't matter how good of a wrestler you are, Island Girl TT, because they always have something up their sleeve, right? Oh, yeah. Whether it's the uh, Soccer Rocks or uh, outside interference, uh, there's always something going on that tilts the uh, tables in their advantage. And in this case, it was the Women's Championship itself yeah the actual title the the gold that they were competing for itself was the demise of tt tiffany nieves uh retains her championship another week of her um defending and uh successfully defending that belt i guess i should say not only that but that was the most arrogant cover i have ever seen in 40 years of wrestling i mean that's more arrogant than like ravishing rick rude as far as like oh, the uh, the Tiffany Nieves yeah, just sitting back and arrogant, showing how leisurely arrogant. it was to uh, defeat your opponent when you were armed with uh, ten pounds of gold and just 
clock them in the head with it. Uh, which is it's good for heat, you know, as far as storytelling and heels and stuff. But still, wow. We make it to the top of the hour two here. The 80s baby TW3 versus Adam Revolver. Shannon the Dude uh, manages to make his way to VW Arena. It's been a few weeks. Evening. Um, if you're getting tired of me plugging our podcast feed, I'm sorry because I've got another one for you. Our, the TW3 interview just went up. It was really awesome. Really a lot of fun to sit down. Actually, the thing you should be mad about is my lack of uh, different different adjectives to describe our podcasts. That um, was the first time we've done an interview when, where you can audibly hear me gasp at learning something about this person. Yeah, yeah. It's... And it's not as it's not salacious and it's not dramatic. No, but not at all. You guys, as listeners, if you're familiar with TW3, you'll probably be just as surprised as we were. So be sure you give that a listen, please. Um, Adam Revolver manages. Uh, I guess this this match is is run a little short because Cal Hero dis- disrupts, right? Yeah, I mean this whole. Uh, Adam Revolver and Cal Hero situation is spilling out into like two or three matches a night and little um, Benny Hill type yeah <laughs> like action. I hear the old yakety sacks in my head whenever I see those two chasing each other around the ring. Um, kind of cut and dry there. We'll move on to this next st- uh, backstage sketch with a returning Ohio Valley Wrestling's heavyweight champion Jack Vaughn. Been off of television for. Seems like a really long time. He has. I uh, follow him on social media, and he just got back from Europe. I was surprised he was back so early because the last thing I saw, he was over in, uh, I can't remember. He he hit a few countries while he was over that way, but it was good to see the veteran back on uh, uh, weekly TV again where he belongs, although I'm sure he had a great time uh, gallivanting around Europe and whatnot, as anybody would. Especially when you're the champion. You know, that gets you into some places that us normal folk can't get into. It's good to be the king. Um, the uh, the visual of Donovan Cecil next to Jack Vaughn was a really nice tease. I hope that I hope that we flesh that out as Donovan Cecil kind of continues the momentum uh, that he's building right now. Um, In terms of making a run for the belt? Yeah, yeah. I'd, just the, yeah, because it's definitely. the first time we've ever seen the two of them on camera together. That's the first time I've seen... Uh, uh, Donovan Cecil in any kind of actual sketch outside the ring. That's yeah. a good call, actually. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen anything. I mean, and it was it was good to hear him talk and, and kind of get a little bit more insight into his character and also kind of get like an idea of how big he is in relation to other people like Freya, Shotgun Tony Gunn, uh, and the veteran Jack Vaughn who had been off uh, – TV for a while. Yeah, I just I just thought it was kind of a nice tease to have have the two of them interact, and for us as as uh, viewers to there actually be a signpost of Donovan Cecil is sixth in line. Yeah. So we know now, at some point, he's in the conversation. Yeah, it's probably not there the just balls yet. Moving. Like I could see at some at this point, uh, I kind of have like an authority that maybe uh, he'd be. Uh, good to make a run for the Kentucky heavyweight title. That is what I uh, like. Would that's what you had prefer. mentioned the other day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that that just makes too much too much damn sense not to do. Um, Overman and Outrunners up next non title match. Up next non title match. Um, with Lou Curtis and Joe Mack, the champions, they retain. Well, of course, they retain this non title match. Sir, t- yeah, go ahead. We touched on this last week. Outrunners. Third straight appearance, third straight loss, doesn't matter. 
Everybody loves the Outrunners. Oh yeah, I love the Outrunners. They're they're such a fun team to watch. They're uh, they've got that '80s enthusiasm. That's their gimmick, and they lean all the way into it, and they do a hell of a job with it. But uh, the Overmen are great too. Um, uh, you know, Skinny Joe Mac, as you like to say, Skinny Joe Slack. Yeah, out there, he looked good, even though he's a baby, from what I hear. Um, but uh, Certified Luke Curtis. Those robes are money, dude. I mean, he looks straight out of like Mr. Wonderful Paul the Orndorff's closet. I mean, just they all look great. And he's what we say the over under was on those robes. He had like 3.5. Yeah, he, he probably had three or four. So he said four. Yeah, um, they all look sharp. Joe Mack uh attacks the over or the yeah, the outrunners. Um, while he's not the legal man, ref is distracted. Joe Cur- Luke Curtis goes in for the pin. One, two, three. That's how the match ends. Yeah, and that's pretty much what I figured was going to happen. But it was still entertaining to see both of these teams in action last night. Um, up next, kind of another uh, schmozzy match. Um, Ryan Von Rocket joined, of course, by Kristall and KT uh, versus the veteran Jack Vaughn. Before the match even properly begins, Tony Gunn comes out and alludes that he's going to do commentary. Um, he ends up spitting uh, whiskey or whatever he keeps in that flask in the face of Jack Vaughn. And uh, It's an early night for Ryan Von Rocket. It's an early night for Ryan Von Rocket there. Yeah, yeah it was just a matter of seconds. Yeah, it's uh, the, the, the pulse package. <laughs> the small package pen, you know. Yeah. You get the, everyone's susceptible to it. It's the oldest trick in the book. Yeah, and, I mean, if you're blinded by whiskey, all you got to do is just roll them up and head to the house. Yeah, no, he did. Actually, he, he won with the uh, the rock and roll neck breaker. Oh. Um, but I was, for some reason I was thinking that he 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 just got him. He pinned him whenever he was blinded. But, no, I'm, I might have seen that somewhere else. But, no, he won. He hit him with his finisher, the rock and roll neck breaker, and was able to get the pin. Yeah. Um, really kind of like, I like smart booking or I like booking like this because they barely do DQs in OVW, like a lot of the time, like quick DQs. So it really sticks out. Um, and it's very effective when they do something like this really builds toward that 21st of November, uh, pay-per-view match between Tony Gunn and Jack Vaughn. That's right. The, uh, what is it? Thanksgiving thunder? Yeah, I believe you. On a, on a Tuesday night, November 21st, I am looking forward to it and, um, one thing I noticed about this uh, this episode versus last week's episode where we felt like that was just a continuation of the pay-per-view, mm-hmm. this was the beginning of a new cycle, and this was like the act yeah. one. Yeah. And um, presumably being um, Thanksgiving Thunder to be the act three for a lot of these stories. I'm sure some of these stories are going to keep building past that, but I'm sure that some of the major stories are going to culminate there. So Yeah, you're probably right. And while we're thinking about it, like it must be so much fun to book a Halloween-themed um, pay-per-view or Halloween-themed wrestling event. It must be a real pain in the ass to book a Thanksgiving one because I can't think of any fun Thanksgiving-related stipulations. Uh, I, I mean, I've got one of those turkey hats. Yeah, like, what do you do? That's that's about it. We don't really have anything else for what Halloween do do? at my house. Yeah, or for Thanksgiving. Yeah, like, what do you do? Like, uh, what's a Thanksgiving stipulation? Get stuffed? That even, yeah, that even would look fun <laughs> on television. Know. It doesn't, a strap match doesn't mean, like, you don't want that at Thanksgiving. You're going to get kicked in the cranberries. You don't want that. Um, turkey on the head match. Yeah. Sure. 
Why, hey. why not? <laughs> what, what about uh, like hors d'oeuvres? Hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, why not? Uh, we're we're going back into talking about food again. I'll I'll you, pinch it know, off. Look, okay. So do you go uh, canned cranberry or you go fresh cranberry? Uh, I I like all, but the thing I like better is the canned cranberry that just kind of slides out of the can in the log and just. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. I like I like canned at, at dinner, but if I'm making a sandwich, go fresh. I go fresh. So let me ask you a question: Why did they book this match as the main event? They, they uh, the Jesse Goddard's match. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> All of Jesse Goddard's screen time has been with the Overmen, and I mm-hmm. know that they're getting ready to have this match tonight, but I just figured there would have been more of a lead-up to it than, uh, let's just put you with bundles this week. Uh, you know, just did they draw like names out of a hat? Yeah, I mean, he he really hasn't won a ton. He won at the pay-per-view, hasn't won a ton, hasn't been presented as someone that should be, uh, especially as we go on to find out, OVW – they believe that the national heavyweight t- title is the most prestigious title in OVW. Like it is, it is the highest title up. Like from the way that the show perceives it, and the way you're supposed to perceive it as a fan. What has Day Get Bundles done to even face Jesse Goddard's, let alone be in a main event? I don't know. Maybe he was the only guy with his gear in the back. I'm not sure. I like, don't know. I w- I was scratching my head on this one. I mean, the last thing that he did was he beat Carson Drake in his debut at the pay per view. Yeah, and a guy who nobody in the audience recognized it except for you. Yeah, and I I knew him because you know <laughs> yeah, I've, you I've him, seen him work before. You knew him and from I'm a different a, place. I'm a dork like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I know you. Um, Jesse Goddard's of course beats to get bundles, but that's that's that was a for, forlorn conclusion, as they say. Um, it's really all about the post-match interview, the post-match schmoz, because it's the main event of an OVW show, and that's what we have to do. The Overman, including EC3, came out, um, couldn't get the lighting right in his house this year, his hotel room, <laughs> so he decided to make the trip, um, come in, cut a promo himself. We are doing a... Uh, he offers Jesse Goddard's, I guess we should say, the ability to challenge him to any stipulation match because he said, I can beat you in any single stipulation. Yeah. Beat you in a strap match, beat you in a tables match, beat you in an Iron Man. If it's a best two out of three, I'll beat you twice, which I thought was a really, I thought that was a was good, really line. good line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, his promos are really intense, but they can be kind of meandering for me. But that one was like, I was like, yeah, yeah that's that, that, I liked that line a lot. What was it he said in the middle? Because he started off strong and then he, it, Got like a, a little weird in the middle, and then he kind of sealed it all back together with the uh, one ring to rule them all he, thing. But he, he went has, off track, and it, uh, I'll have to go back and watch. But he said something that was like, you had me, and then it got kind of squirrely, and then we kind of you know brought it back in. But He's he's like if the Ultimate Warrior wrote um, Atlas Shrugged kind of in his promos. <laughs> like That's like the way that I feel about EC3 promos sometimes. Um, they can be just like a little, just like uh, uh, ethereal. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but no, I mean, he, every once in a while, he has a good line, like the line that we enjoyed. The uh, "I'll beat, I'll beat you twice." Best two out of three falls, I'll beat you twice. Thought that was a great line. The only uh, stipulation that I feel like EC3 did not see coming was the one that Jesse Goddard's threw at him, which is belt for belt. I didn't see that coming. Did not see that coming until he said it. 
And then I said, well, what else? Yeah, what, what else, else was would this whole promo about? What else could it possibly be between these two guys? Loved the camera uh, thing here, even though I thought it was a tad melodramatic of EC3 being the only one that's facing the camera while the rest of the Overmen are facing Jesse Goddard's. Like I've noticed that I'm starting to. He's overdramatic quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, he's that's uh, part of the he's, deal. Uh, he's a little overdramatic, and I don't know if it's like, um, like a dictator like losing touch with reality, or if it's just a hundred percent EC3. I th- like, I don't know which one is which it might be a little bit of both. Yeah. Six of one half a dozen of the other kids. Um, unfortunately I think that this means Jesse Goddard loses the national heavyweight championship down the road. You think if this match, if it's title versus title, I don't see him being champion of both. I guess if it's title versus title and the match goes to a clean finish, there's no DQ or anything like that that would prevent titles from changing hands, which could be exactly where they're going. Um, maybe you get you know three matches out of this instead of just getting one match out of it uh, because there's no clean winner or something like that. But um, I think looking at it in the grand perspective of things, I think this means Jesse Goddard loses that national heavyweight championship that he's kind of defined for o- OVW. Well, I don't know. Let, let's break that statement down. If if that is what happens, then what happens next? Now that I don't know. So I, I don't. Do not know. I I don't know, man. I I get the feeling that it's that seems like a natural conclusion, but I feel like we're going to get a, a left turn out of nowhere, and it's going to spin in a different direction that we probably won't see coming. I don't know. It, maybe we'll get a different vibe at the show tonight. We'll just have to see what happens, I guess, man. I guess we'll have to see. Uh, we have a couple more of the uh, Yakety Sax cues um, throughout the end, uh, here yeah. towards the end of the episode. Cal Hero arrives and spears the shit out of Adam Revolver again for the second time in the evening. Cash and Shearer arrive to beat up Joe Mack and Luke Curtis. Beaches and Cream arrive and beat up Cash and Shearer. Uh Um, just kind of you know we're left with a lot of questions what's happening over the next few weeks what's happening over the next few months in OVW uh, but and then kind of seeing for the first time a lot of people interact with each other in their new dynamics as well after the pay-per-view yeah, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to the next few months of storytelling, and I'm sure that uh, uh, with you know they're going to do something for Thanksgiving, which mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever really seen anybody do besides uh, the Survivor Series, where the the gobbledy gobbledygooker came out of the the big egg that year that the Undertaker made his debut. But outside of that, you don't see a lot of Thanksgiving stuff. So I'm stoked for this Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. Go see a good show. Go hang out with my family. Have a big meal, and I'm sure there's going to be uh, a, a bunch of Christmas content too. I mean, if they went that far with Halloween, I'm hoping that Christmas is going to be something really special this year. Real uh, nice, Clark. So tonight, well, I guess by the time you, you our, our fine listeners are hearing this, we'll probably have some content relating to the visit to um, Manchester Music Hall to see Ohio Valley Wrestling this evening. Um, this will be up on a Saturday morning, so look out for that bonus content later down the road. Look out for um, our interviews later down the road. And uh, you know what, Brian? Take us away, buddy.
You got it, man. The OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Black Light Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW Podcast broadcast team is Jackman Oaks and Brian Hines. Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. After watching wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all episodes of our unofficial wrestlers after show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars, give us a review. You can also follow us on at ovwpodcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, and any social media platform of your choosing. I'm Brian Hines. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Love you guys.